I, I just wanted to so so what's so what do we think about this Buffalo game? He's probably gonna have another rough week. And then we're and then there's another no rough week. Bro, he hasn't had a rough week. He threw two interceptions. That's a rough bro, week. Bro, that's not a rough week, bro. That's not a great from, week. From if you watch the game, you know that was I watched a rough the week. entire game, dude. He oh, was just he wasn't great. Like, so what is if he's had a rough week, bro? What is he gonna have to do to have a good week? Well, first off, let's start off with a turnover-free week. Last time I checked, turnovers are not good. Another episode of the Pinewood Perspective. We got my boy Thomas Gorski and B Money White in the Zoom with us. We're not in studio. We will be one day. Uh, if you hear me coughing or sniffling, I'm still battling the flu. That's why we didn't have a episode last week. But I'm good now. I just you know got that post week congestion and cough. B Money, how was your weekend? It was good, dude. I went to the Bears Packers game at Soldier Field. Obviously, a great result, um, marking eight in a row against the Chicago Bears, passing them in all-time wins, and seeing the rookie Christian Watson just put the dagger in after a great interception by Jair after getting picked on a little during the game. And it was just everything I wanted uh, for in this Packers game. And, you know, my birthday was yesterday, so turned the big 2-5. It's been a pretty good week. Yeesh. Two five. Be money. Oh, it's a quarter man. now. A whole That's quarter. a lot of shade in there, Will. Yeah. Uh, let's take it easy. Hey, older the wiser. Older the wiser. Remember that for the rest of this episode now. <laughs> what did you think about the game, huh? What did you think about my boy Justin Fields? Yeah, it was great. Uh, we talked about it, but you must just want me to tell all the listeners. You know, <laughs> <laughs> hey. I think Fields played a great game. Uh, he was. It's for the content, right? It's for the content. Yeah, I'm glad I got this. I'm glad I got to see it. It's not exactly what I'd want to see from the Bears quarterback, but it's it's exciting to see from a football fan perspective. He he may he looked like a a passer out there, um, and yeah, you know, you look at the stat sheet and he had two interceptions, no passing touchdowns, but. Like we talked about, I don't really count that last interception. You know, down nine, situations are different. And then, um, yeah, just that one mistake where you're staring down a receiver caught in the moment and one of the best players in the game takes advantage and picks you off. So outside of those, um, I think young players make those mistakes. But, yeah, he moved the ball, was good with, good with his legs, and fields look good. Promising for Bears fans for sure. Kind words. Thomas, he was taking a piss when uh, fucking Fields busted that, like, 60-yard touchdown run. Brett was in the fucking bathroom for that one. Oh, <laughs> I was. I came back, and it was I mean, 10 to 0. Um, you have to know Fields is going to bust out one of those every two games. Yeah. Like it's one four, 50 plus yard touchdown, I feel like, running. He's the- six, six games in a row, he had a rushing touchdown. 
he's the only quarterback in NFL history with three rushing touchdowns over 50 yards. I blew my mind. I thought like Mike Vick for sure had one of those, and he's done that all within. And in a yeah, no, I mean, I mean, Vick was great back in the day. Like we've never, seen, but like now, there's a lot of design runs compared to like back yeah. then. I mean, Lamar. I, I really thought Lamar would have had one for sure. I know he said like well, I I remember like the one against the yeah, one against the Bengals, right? But just as like for having like three in a season and it's the most already in NFL history, it's just like mind blowing, and that's you know a good thing. But Thomas, how was your weekend? Um, it, it was pretty good. You know, I've been very busy with a lot of like college basketball coverage, but you know now that it's starting to slow down since I kind of, I'm kind of on break here, but it's a little more football, which is nice. You know, Vikings obviously you know going ten and two. You know, it's always. It's always great. Could wrap up the division this weekend. Still confused why they're underdogs, though, against the five and seven Lions. Uh, I find that to be fascinating. And I've also heard Kirk's a little banged up more than maybe we know. So I don't know. Maybe they know something. But yeah, I mean, hey, Vikings are 10 and two. Uh, life's good. I love. Uh, I love the Vegas line. They're just sitting here saying, somebody give me their money. And there's going to be mean, a lot of people losing their money. I'm a, I mean, I figured the I, – I'm not saying the Vikings need to be favored by a lot. But, I mean, when you're 10-2 and two facing a 5-7 and seven Lions team, I mean, two and a half? Two and a half's a lot for the Lions. I mean, I don't know. I mean, what do they know is all I'm curious. Like, I understand the Vikings point differential from a Vegas, like, study line perspective. Like, that's the reasoning why the Vikings are never, ever truly favored. But, I mean, I don't know. I mean, the Lions are not great. So, like, that's why I'm confused a little bit. And it's like, the Vikings are 10-2. and two. Like, it's just, I don't get it. Like, you want to do the Lions, like, favored by, like, one? I could see it. But two and a half? That's, that's a little much for me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if we're ever going to see Vikings minus, like, eight and a half line all year. Like, I feel like that could just Even be... six and a half is, like, uh, like against a really bad team. Like, I think the last time they, they were favored by that much was the Bears game. And they hit. They did cover that. I forgot yeah. they covered that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they ended up covering that. But, yeah, um, since no one wants to ask about how my weekend goes, no one ever does anyway in the show. Because <laughs> we don't care, Will. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, my weekend was pretty good. I got exactly what I kind of, you know, was asking for in the Bears-Packers game, like I was talking about with Brett. You know, I either wanted Rodgers to just rip my heart out in a close game, or I wanted Fields to, you know, excel as a passer, and I kind of got a little bit of both. Rodgers necessarily wasn't the one who ripped my heart out. It was more Christian Watson, the future of the Green Bay Packers franchise. And Fields uh, looked very, very good as a passing quarterback. You know, I think he had his highest career completion percentage with like 80 something. He had his passing yards high this uh, this last Sunday as well. So I was, you know, proud of his performance. Uh, the play calling was a little suspect for me. They were obviously, you know, seems like they were trying to protect him as much as they could with the shoulder injury. The design run slowed down heavily in the second half. Uh, but he was more calm, cool, and collected in the pocket. We saw him make a lot of scramble runs that, you know, he didn't result immediately to his legs and hit the deep ball on a few or just found the open guy with his legs. And that's just, you know, which makes one of his traits in his game very dangerous. But, uh, yeah, other than that, weekend was good. 
I'm now uh, nine and three in my dynasty league, looking to get ten and three this weekend and clinch the first round bye. So, fantasy I've lost all faith in my team. Huh? I've lost all faith in my team. Oh, Brett's got three leagues where he's looking juice packed. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Brett's in my league now. Um, yeah, I think he'll be taking on my dad more than likely in the playoffs, and I'll be a first round exit to like the number one guy. I'm old... going to sneak in by default, dude. It's so bad. I'm not even trying to win, and I'm going to sneak in by default because the guy I play, whoever wins between me and him this week are more than likely getting in because we'll both lose next week. He doesn't have a single starting quarterback against me in a super flex league. He's lost everyone. Oh, boy. He had Kyle Allen in the news of Davis Mills starting. came out this morning that they're benching Kyle Allen for Davis Mills. So now he has literally no quarterback. That's tough. Well, let's That's get, very tough. Let's get into this. Let's get into this. He's taking on he's taking on Papa Gorski, a couple of old men, a couple of old the wise going at it in the playoffs. He actually calls my dad Papa Gorski in the chat, which is really funny. <laughs> he doesn't like it. He doesn't like it. <laughs> no, he, he hasn't said anything. Like it like like the funniest part is he's like, he's always like who is this Brett guy? He's like, well, why, why'd you bring him into the league? And then like half the time he's like, you know what? Brett actually was a pretty solid addition to the league. <laughs> like half the time. It's like, it's like an up and down thing because we got like, two, <laughs> we, got, we got two dads in our league. We got like my dad. And then there's this guy named Arafat who him and Brett have gone at it constantly. Oh, dude, I, I get him it going. It's hilarious. It's time for Papa Whitey to become a father. I mean, he's <laughs> almost there. I mean, we got, uh, my my boy Jerry in our league has his third kid on the way, and and he's younger than Brett. Oh shit! Twenty four, Brett. Your time's ticking, my guy. Oh boy, let's get into this. Jimmy Garoppolo suffered a foot injury, expected to miss seven eight weeks instead of the rest of the season. Is it just me, or is this like list Frank injury just been popping up over? Is this just like some new thing? Like I don't remember anyone five years ago having a list Frank foot injury and now it seems like anytime anyone has a foot injury it's a list frank injury but uh back to the point uh could be back for the division round at the earliest can brock purdy step in for jimmy garoppolo and compete with the rest of the nfc b money this is your team we're going to start with you this is not my team <laughs> you've been riding them for so many weeks are you kidding me i've probably been riding them for Five weeks, which is you've been, been riding them since they acquired McCaffrey, and he's on your dynasty team. Five weeks, yeah. Hey, they have been five and zero though. Just, just so you know, them last five weeks, five and zero. So that's a good team to ride there. I mean, you can't be better in the last five weeks than five and zero. But this definitely hurts the 49ers. I mean, we've all been talking about how great Jimmy G getting the opportunity to step in just seemed to elevate this team and um, bring everyone together or be the glue piece, especially after getting a guy like McCaffrey. And you just need a guy like Garoppolo to take care of the ball and have a little bit of veteran knowledge and make the right moves. And now they just lost all of that. But it is a little promising to see how um, – Mr. Purdy, he played pretty good, I think. I think Purdy played played good football, and 
you know, we'll we'll see. Um, I think this week will be a big test for them at the Tampa bit with Tampa Bay, but this definitely hurts San Fran as a whole. And as we talked about, this has been my my favorite team, number one in the NFC for a while. I don't feel comfortable putting them there at least for a couple more weeks until I could see that this guy can do what Jimmy G has done and the chances that are really small. What's crazy to me is, you know, Brett, it's actually crazy because we were just talking about him just before the podcast started. Brett Coleman, one of my favorite football guys on Twitter, he was, I remember him in the in training camp literally saying uh, he thinks Brock Purdy is QB2, and this is when Jimmy Garoppolo was uh, not expected to be a 49er, so he expected Purdy to be the backup to Trey Lance. But he also was saying he thought he had Pur- Purdy had a better camp than Trey Lance. Obviously, you know, you always see those type of things where the backup has, you know, a good day, and then the tweets come out. This backup quarterback outplayed, you know, the star quarterback. But uh, so there's been people high on Purdy. You know, this isn't just like his first rodeo. But I mean, in terms of game in play, this is. So he stepped in for Garoppolo and he made a lot of big plays uh, against a good Miami team. And, you know, they always say you got to give it, you know, five games for the backups, the seasons for the young rookies like this uh, to really you know, get the film on him and realize how you're going to tear him apart. So they have the advantage here. This is kind of like an unknown quarterback with a very little game film on, you know, exposing his weaknesses. So if they can ride him hot for the rest of the season and, you know, scrape away the NFC West title and just, you know, somehow end up with an easy matchup, you know, like I think they could be favored even with Purdy against maybe the, let's say the Giants or the Commanders, um, they can do that. Shit, maybe even Seattle, and they can get Jimmy G back for the divisional round. Then you know, it's all game from there. Uh, I don't know if I like the 49ers as a top three team in the NFC right now anymore with Purdy. Um, with Brett, they're going to need to prove it, and they've got a big prove it game this week. But uh, he stepped in, and you know, Kyle Shanahan's system is. Uh, a difficult one, but an easy one to succeed in. So let's see how we do. Yeah, you know, I mean, I think this is difficult to evaluate because I don't really even think Jimmy Garoppolo, like, there, I don't think there's that much of a dip between the two. I still feel like you're very limited as a passer with Garoppolo as it is. But he knows the system in and out, which is why I think he has more value than Brock Purdy. Because when I evaluated Brock Purdy in the offseason, I loved, I loved his film at Iowa State under Matt Campbell. I had him valued as a fourth-round pick. Like, I watched his film a lot, and he was a guy I wanted the Vikings to take a swing at on, day on, day, on like, day three, early on fourth, fifth round, as, like, a developmental quarterback because he showed a lot of the traits that you had to look for. He has a high IQ, and he processes information very quickly, and that's what Kyle Shanahan wants in his quarterbacks. And he doesn't have the strongest arm in the world, but he's very accurate, and he's a great decision-maker. So I actually feel like he fits that system well but the thing is i still don't know because it's my same thing with the niners i still don't believe they have a a very pat like i don't think their pass game is efficient enough to to compete with offenses like the eagles the cowboys or the vikings where they really got to rely on that defensive run game so i don't think brock purdy could lead them to the division to the to the divisional round 
I just I don't know because I feel like the Seahawks now this opens up a pathway for the Seahawks to win a division title because I, the Niners have a few tough games coming up. But they still play Seattle. They might play Seattle again. I could be wrong, or they may have already taken care of them twice. I'm pretty sure they, they do. Have. They do play again. Do they? Yep. Okay. And it's just like if the Niners are going to go on the road potentially in the wild card round with Brock Purdy, I feel like unfortunately that's going to be the end of their season. If they're home and they win a division title, like it's possible. But even if say Jimmy G comes back for the divisional round, he's going to be rusty, you know. And it's like he's not going to be the Jimmy G that he's been for years because one, we have a foot injury. You have to be sidelined for a certain amount of time, and you're not going to have much football action. So I feel like that's asking a lot for Jimmy G to come back in the divisional round. So unfortunately, I think the season's over for the Niners. Because say if they, even hypothetically, if they win, they will more than likely go to Minnesota in the divisional round for Jimmy G's first game back. And I just don't know if that's the type of environment that the Niners could kind of just throw them into and just, you know, hey, you've been gone for eight weeks. You know, here we go. Go Now go win us a playoff game where I don't know if it's going to work like that in a potential shootout. So it just depends what I see from Brock Purdy these next two to three weeks if he grows. Because if he's even 80%, even if he's 50%, 60%, I'll say, of what Jimmy Garoppolo was, this team will be fine with that defense. But to me, they need to win this division to have to have a real chance. If not, in their wild card team in the first round, I feel like their season's probably going to be over just because I don't trust Brock Purdy going into, say, Tampa Bay or going into – I don't know if they go to Minnesota because Vikings will probably be the two seed. So they would probably go into Seattle, possibly if Seattle wins the division as a wild card round. Where I don't know. You know, there's just a lot of questions. It's This is a very difficult question to evaluate because I don't think we've seen enough of Brock Purdy yet to come up with uh, an evaluation for him of what he could or could not be. Yeah. Um, I think just the biggest – oh, Brett, you were about Oh, to... yeah, I was just going to say, right, like, with history will tell us that their chances aren't good, but, yeah, we don't know We don't know too much about him, and he, he has room to surprise people. Oh, 100%. I think the biggest takeaway from this is just how sad this, you know, kind of story is. You know, a lot of people just wrote Jimmy out of San Francisco – uh, once Trey Lance was drafted and the whole trade off season thing, uh, I know it took a toll on him. And in, in his last presser as a 49er last season, he said, Thank you guys, it's been a hell of a ride. Um, and to come back for a team that you love that you know kind of wanted to move on from you and kept you around just to keep you around, uh, and then step in and you're leading this team to look like one of the best teams in the NFC, and then just this foot injury happens, it's just it's really misfortunate for Jimmy G because, you know, I feel like in his career, he's taken a lot of heat and he's never really been that bad. I know he's never been an elite quarterback, but he's he's been a winner. He has been a winner um, and he's done what he's needed to do to win games. Uh, he's taken his team to a Super Bowl and an NFC title game or two NFC title games. So I kind of just feel bad for the guy because I feel like he's kind of had not the easiest career path. He's had plenty of injuries. I know he had a torn ACL in 2017, I believe. Uh, I know 2020, he was in and out of the lineup all year long after their Super Bowl run. And then now this, it's just, I think it's just a very misfortunate situation for him. 
And I hope he bounces back, and I would like to see him stick with the San Francisco 49ers, but I think we can all agree it's probably not going to happen. Uh, so I hope he finds, you know, a place where he can go succeed in his career, maybe like Tampa Bay or something. But Baker Mayfield was waived by the Carolina Panthers and claimed up by the L.A. Rams. They were the only team to put in a claim for Baker Mayfield. How do we feel about this move? Thomas, we'll start with you. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm pretty shocked. I mean, I guess I'm not shocked because I feel like Baker's image around the league is pretty much shot. Like, I feel like not a single person respects him anymore. Like, I like he'll be a career backup from here on out. But, I mean, if I'm Baker Mayfield, if I'm Baker Mayfield right now, I mean, this is a situation where, like, this is my last opportunity. Like, if there is ever a coach, coordinator, anyone in the NFL that could fix Baker Mayfield and turn him into to what he even was back when he when he took the Browns to the playoffs, it's Sean McVay. I mean, this was a no-brainer for the Rams because Matthew Stafford has apparently a special potential spinal injury and there's rumors that he could even retire this offseason and the Rams don't have a first round pick they don't have much money to spend so from my thinking is from a general manager standpoint for an office standpoint is Baker Mayfield's a low risk high reward he's much better than Bryson Perkins he's much better than John Wolford and there's not a big free agent class of quarterbacks that they could even try to spend money on so, I mean, Baker Mayfield is a great backup option, great fallback option, I think, to a Matthew Stafford, and you kind of get the rest of the season to evaluate him. And if you want to bring him as a backup next year or even kind of take over for Stafford in case he does retire, um, I feel like, if, yeah, I mean, it's just tough because, like, Baker has fallen off so bad. He has suffered from so much bad coaching over his young career. I mean, he's been in the league for, what, five maybe like going on like next year will be like his sixth year I think where it's just he's had what four or five different coordinators coaches playbooks he's had to learn he's I mean it's he's had to face a lot of adversity as a player in this league but he's also caused a lot of those issues as well where it's like now that he's going to the Rams I feel like McVeigh has a chance to turn him around and a year from now he could be having options such as Van Jefferson Cup Robinson, Higby, you'll have probably a new running back in the backfield. Offensive line should be a little improved. Where like uh, Baker could run the show if Stafford can't go. So I like the move. I feel like this is just a no-brainer for the Rams, and they they just need insurance for Stafford going forward. And Baker could at least win you some games with that defense. Baker could win you some games. We've seen him win games in this league. He he's got a playoff win, you know. So I I can't talk too bad on Mayfield even though I have questions about him because he's got, he's got the same amount of playoff wins as my quarterback from the Vikings. So, I mean, I can't talk too down on him. So, you know, I like Mayfield. I've been a fan of him since his Oklahoma days. I really hope he can turn his career around and evolve to something. I don't know if it's too little too late, but if anyone can turn it around, um, it's Sean McVay. He brought Jared Goff to a Super Bowl. So, I mean, and I think Mayfield's shown a lot more potential than Jared Goff has since since just being in the league he just he suffered from bad coaching and I think now with Sean McVay Baker's got a chip on his shoulder you know we'll see what happens you know that's pretty much my just takeaway is you kind of got to see what happens but low risk high reward this was a no-brainer from the Rams in my opinion I think that 
this could be a good situation for him. If he goes out there, plays good these next, you know, what what do they got left? Four or five games, depending on if they have already had their buy or not. But he I think start as early as Thursday, they said. No, I mean, I think it's awesome for him because uh, he really needs that Jameis Winston type situation, you know, and this could be it for him. If he goes out there, shows something to Sean McVay, uh, kind of just stays under the radar, you know, like Jameis did. Jameis did a lot of mistakes to himself when he was in Tampa Bay. Uh, I know he had a couple different head coaches, even though Bruce Arians came in and tried to save him. But he just needs that Jameis Winston situation to go play behind a guy like Drew Brees. I'm not saying Matt Stafford is Drew Brees, but Matt Stafford is, you know, when healthy, a really good starting quarterback in the NFL. So this could be good for Mayfield, good for his career. Uh, kind of just be, you know, two, three, four-year guy in L.A. until Stafford retires. And then maybe see if he's ready to fill his shoes or not in a few seasons or not. Like, the, literally just exactly like Jameis Winston did for the Saints. Um, obviously, things are going differently there now with Andy Dalton playing somewhat good. But, yeah. That's my thoughts. He just needs to find that situation where he can be a backup to a good quarterback for a few years and maybe salvage his career. Yeah, um, a lot of I agree with a lot of what you guys said. There's a lot of possibilities that could happen here. Um, and one thing I would agree with is, yeah, if it doesn't work out here, we know this is his last shot. Um, it And, yeah, he could – if it doesn't work out here, he could be on other teams, but we know – this opportunity is going to be the last one like it is that he gets. Um, yeah, the ceiling for the potential of this move could be high. I mean, he can be a starting quarterback here, but if that doesn't work out and you don't see progress in that, um, whether that's in these few games, if he gets a chance to go or in the offseason, if Stafford is still the guy that they're rolling with, he doesn't have much time, but yeah, it's um, I'm ex- I'm excited. I think it's a good move for the NFL, and I'm definitely gonna be tuning in a little bit more if Baker Mayfield starting that Thursday game. I'm just happy because uh, my dynasty team just got another starting quarterback for a few weeks, just in case Baker Mayfield was sitting. Doesn't start him. I think you're in trouble. <laughs> I won't need to. I have Justin Fields and Josh Allen. I'm not worried. I got two fucking dogs, boys. Row, row. That's who I got. All right. Von Miller tears his ACL, according to head coach Sean McDermott. How much does this impact Buffalo Super Bowl aspirations? Thomas, we'll start with you. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think I think it impacts I think it impacts it a good amount because you when it comes to playoff time, when you're playing, whether it's the Chiefs, the Bengals, the Dolphins, you know, you're going to need a guy that could get after the quarterback. And Von Miller's also got that playoff experience, a veteran presence. And not having Von Miller out there, that's tough. I mean, you need that for playoff time. That's pretty much the sole reason that he was a, that he signed a six-year massive contract in the first place, and he left the Rams, was because he came over there. The expectation was this is a guy that's going to take you, your defense – to that next level and with him out now, I mean, that leaves a lot of, it's pretty open where some of those offenses are going to be able to exploit that bill's defense. If they can't get after the quarterback. I mean, I love Gregory Resso, but you know, he's no Von Miller and he's now, instead of being like the number two guy, he's now the number one pass rusher on that team. And I just, I don't know come playoff time. If this defense 
is going to be able to handle like a Patrick Mahomes, a Joe Burrow. I, I mean, I guess technically, yeah, to a Tagalayova, but you know, he's on the same category as those guys. But um, yeah, this is just a big loss from a veteran leadership standpoint. And it's just, especially now that he's older and you have him for five more seasons on that big fat contract and at his age, coming back from a, from an ACL injury, uh, it's not as easy. You know, he's not a 25, 24, 25 year old guy anymore. He'll be like 32 where his recovery time is going to be a lot longer and he will not be able, he won't even start the next season. He won't even be back till halfway through next year. So, I mean, this is just a massive blow for Buffalo. Yeah. I mean, we saw the impact he had for the Los Angeles Rams that second half of the season and even in the playoff run. Like, he was up for Super Bowl MVP. I mean, he had like two, I think two, two and a half sacks in the Super Bowl. Uh, I think it's a, ma- a massive impact. And we saw that this was the fall of their demise last year. They just needed that pass rusher. They're a pass rusher away. And this could be the fall of, you know, Super Bowls or the Buffalo Bowl, Super Bowl run that we all kind of uh, were expecting this season. But I still do have faith in the team. You know, obviously, they've been working through a lot of kinks. Um, over the last few weeks, they started obviously insanely hot to the season, but they've had a few games now and a few losses where we were like, okay, is this team, you know, Super Bowl bound? And I just think, you know, the question is, it's just a matter of which Josh Allen are you going to get? Regardless, he's a good quarterback, uh, a great quarterback, and still one of the t- best quarterbacks in the league. Um, But it's just a matter of which one are you going to get? You know, obviously, we've seen some Josh Allen, tur- some turnover Josh Allen, some uh some ways of his old uh where he's a lot more risky with the ball or are you gonna get the Josh Allen that'll show up and rip your heart out whenever he wants because we saw him go toe-to-toe with the Chiefs last year um without Von Miller so it's just a matter of which Josh Allen shows up they could still be a Super Bowl team but I think this hurts it yeah definitely a big blow uh, Von Miller was a guy that was going to easily put up du- double-digit sacks for them this season. I believe he's sitting at like eight or nine right now in 11 games, that is. So definitely a huge blow for their defense. Does this mean it's over for them? Not even close. Um, they're just going to have to you know, do a lot more things to make up for the lack of pass rush that you know, they, they could have had if Von was available. So, yeah, huge blow for the defense, especially with how good of a season he was having. And I'm sure just how big of a leader he is in that locker room. His his uh, on-field presence just isn't going to be there. And it's, it's going to be out for a while, like Thomas said, all the way until the end of next season is when we'll be seeing him come back. So, huge blow. Sad to see for the NFL. And um, interest, interesting, though, when thinking about how this will uh, affect the playoffs. 100%. And our last injury conversation for the day, we're going to change this to the Pinewood uh, Doctor podcast. <laughs> Talking about a lot of injuries because that seems to, put, uh, seems to be the news of the league this last week. You know, Lamar Jackson, I was who we're talking about, suffered a PCL sprain, expected to miss two to three weeks. How much does this impact Baltimore's chances of winning the AFC North? Brett, we'll start with you. I think this impacts it tremendously. Um, Out two to three weeks, 
And really what this turns turns out to is before I had seen a path for the Ravens where they could get this, they could win this division, divisional matchup, or they could win the division without having to beat the Bengals the last game of the season. You know, they're sitting, both sitting at eight and four. They have that game at the end of the season. But now if Lamar misses two, I mean, if he misses three, they they put themselves in a lot more vulnerable situation and, you know, drop could lose a couple games that they could very well win if Lamar was there over these next couple weeks. So I think what this means now for them regarding the division is it's it's looking like it's going to come down to that week week uh, 18 matchup a little bit more because they did win earlier in the year. Having that win will give them the tiebreaker over them if the record's the same. And, um, yeah, it'll just be a loss for loss for the Bengals, loss for the Ravens. A lot, both of these teams have um, – they play the Steelers twice. Yep. I'll tell you the Ravens' remaining schedule. Steelers, Browns, Falcons, Steelers, Bengals. Bengals have Browns, Bucks, Pats, Bills, Ravens. So the Ravens. You can definitely drop those Ravens. two games as the Ravens first two games without Lamar. I mean, the Browns. I'd expect them to get clicking by them at least offensively. They've been really good on defense, and I mean the Steelers. You got T.J. Watt back, Micah, or Minka Fitzpatrick. Just a very tough defensive team to be playing when you're out your starting quarterback. I think, obviously, we know the Ravens' path looks much simpler, but it's going to be a difficult task without Lamar here for a few weeks. Uh, and it's kind of sad because I told everyone in the offseason, freest money possible was Ravens to win the division. And I do think that if Lamar didn't get hurt, they still would have probably the easier path now. Uh, with a much easier schedule than the Bengals have remaining. And they still could, and maybe, you know, my free money bet, which uh, will still play out, but I'm a lot more nervous about that now. Uh, Tyler Huntley stepped in for a lot of games last year, and he wasn't bad. He really wasn't. You know, he's still a solid quarterback, and he fits well in their system. But losing a game changer like Lamar Jackson, you know, obviously it's just going to suck the air out of your locker room for a few weeks. Uh, so, yeah, I'm with Brett here. They easily could go on the road here this Sunday and lose to the Steelers. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think this changes much just because I feel like th this is the Bengals' division. I think they're going to end up winning it, uh, especially now. I mean, and now it definitely makes it much easier. Um, Tyler Huntley, I, I feel like, is a solid quarterback. Um, I don't think there's that huge of a gap between Lamar Jackson and Tyler Huntley. Like, I think, you know, I think Tyler Huntley is good enough to get the job done uh, in a Jim Harbaugh team. You know, great defense, you know, usually good run game. Ravens, just like last year, are banged up. Um, but, no, I mean, it's just when it comes to this Ravens team, you know, they've snuck out of a lot of games. You know, there's been a lot of games they could have easily come out on the opposite side of where the Bengals, they have a lot of statement wins. They just took down the Chiefs. Burrow's now like 3-0 and all-time against Patrick Mahomes. And it's just, I don't feel like this injury is going to affect their chances at, the, at a division title uh, because I don't I didn't think that they were going to win it anyway. 
So, I mean, this Bengals team's finally getting healthy. They haven't been healthy all year. And the Bengals are starting to click now. Jamar Chase is back. Where I don't think it matters if Huntley or Lamar Jackson is the quarterback. They always play the Steelers tough. Where they always split with them. The Steelers defense knows Lamar Jackson better than anyone. They always play well against him. The Browns with Deshaun Watson back. Either way, I, they they were probably losing these next two. They were they'll beat the Falcons with or without Lamar. So I mean, I don't know if there's that big of a difference with Lamar or Huntley in there, just based off what these when it comes to winning a division title. Because I just I felt like they weren't they're not going to win it anyway. And the rate and it's not even because the I don't think the Ravens are as good as the Bengals are not better. I just think the Ravens are really banged up. You know, you, you're missing J.K. Dobbins. You're missing Rashad Bateman. You got a few offensive linemen that are in and out where it's just, it just seems like they, anyone could win this division. Like it's just one of those division titles where it's like whoever's the healthiest team will come out on top. So, and right now I think the Bengals are the healthiest team and just, this just kind of just Lamar going down just kind of adds to the injury woes that Baltimore's had. So I just, I don't feel like it affects it, their chances as much as many people think because Huntley could still get the job done. And it's just some of these games, I don't know if it matters who's starting a quarterback. Lamar obviously gives you a little bit better of a ch- – he gives you a better chance than Huntley does. But, I mean, let's not act like Huntley didn't play well when Lamar was out last year. Huntley still played well. He he was not Lamar Jackson stat sheet-wise, but he still played very well. And I actually think Huntley might be a better passer than Lamar. I think he's a better pure passer than Lamar Jackson. I think Hunt- Huntley – there's some people talking about Huntley could be traded this offseason for a third-round pick and be a starter for someone. So, I mean, I don't know. I think Huntley's going to play very well, but it's just I don't know if it really matters from a playoff standpoint or like a division title standpoint because I felt like the Bengals were going to win this division either way. It didn't matter if Lamar or Huntley were starting. I think that's bold with the remaining schedule left. I mean, the Bill, that's not bad. I mean, the Bengals are getting hot and they're clicking and it does seem like it's They're both tied. They have the same record right now. I know they are. I know they are. But the Bucks, Pats, Bills. Do the Bucks really scare anyone though? There was there was an opportunity for if the Ravens, if they if they win these next couple games, I think they could have locked up the division, you know. But without having Lamar, I don't think that's a real reality you look at anymore, you know. They're definitely going to. They do have the they do have the one a game against the Bengals already. So if they were to get a game ahead, you know, they could afford to drop that game and split probably at the end of the year, especially if they beat the Steelers twice, get them. I'm not sure how the division, their division records are, but yeah, I mean, this is, this definitely is advantage Bengals for sure. Move like this. Lamar getting hurt. I agree. I agree. And uh, speaking of the Bucks, Tom Brady overcomes a 13-3 fourth-quarter deficit against the New Orleans Saints and sets an NFL record with his 44th career fourth-quarter comeback. Uh, he scored two touchdowns in the final three minutes of the game. I was pissed, very pissed. But question is, how far can Brady take the Buccaneers in the playoffs? Thomas, we'll start with you. You know, as crazy as it sounds, you know, I think there's a good chance Brady could go all the way, at least to the AFC championship. I mean, at least to the NFC championship game. I don't know if he could win a Super Bowl, but if you look at the potential matchups the Bucks could have, there's a good chance that they could play Dallas in the first round. That'll be tough, but Brady, I think, and them, I think at home they could beat the Cowboys. The Cowboys are a team 
that typically disappoints come playoff time. They just do. I don't know why. They're a great regular season team, but they just flop in the playoffs. Whether they're home, away, it's just who they are. Week one, Tampa Bay had their number as well. Yeah, and it's just, I don't know what it is. But even if, say, hypothetically, you know, it's not, say, the Cowboys. Because the Bucks will host, I believe, would it be the, would it be the three seed? <laughs> There's a good chance that it it could be the Cowboys, and if they win that, then that Bucks team could potentially would go to Philadelphia or Minnesota. And say if he goes to Minnesota, I'm gonna say the Bucks are probably gonna beat the Vikings. I I will take Tom Brady over Kirk Cousins ten times out of ten, especially in a prime time game in the in the playoffs. And then at that point, Brady could go to the NFC Championship game, and no one thought he could beat the Packers a few years back. So I'm, and he did, and that's who the Eagles are reminding me of is one of those good Packers teams that are just really, really hot. And I feel like the Tom Brady could go in the Philly and win. So I mean, I think there's definitely a path, only because it is Tom Brady, and you can never count this guy out. You can't ever. He is the greatest quarterback that I have ever seen, and I don't think any, we will ever see another quarterback have seven rings. I just I don't foresee that happening, though, especially with how quarterbacks are paid now and how it's going to continue to grow. And it's just like, when it comes to Brady, I mean, this guy is just, he could have a bad defense. He could have injured weapons. He'll make it work. He will just let him run the show. You When it comes to playoff time, you can't count Brady out. And Brady should be favored almost in every game he plays, I feel like, in the playoffs. Just because you, you could be down 13, like we saw against the Saints. Boom, he comes back. That offense clicks out of nowhere. There's talent there. They just can't get on the right page right now. And come playoff time, if they do get on that same page and they're in sync, I mean, that Bucks offense could just explode in the playoffs and get hot. And everyone's going to be like, where was this during the season? That's when Brady does his damage, when everyone doubts him during the season, and then he shuts everyone up come playoff time. It's what he's done his whole career. So I don't think it's that crazy to think the Bucks could get on a run come playoff time. That defense could step up. You get that run game going. They got two number one running backs on their team right now in Fournette and Rashad White. You got Evans still. You got Godwin. Cade Otten's really showing out as a really good up-and-coming young tight end. The offensive line, they might get Ryan Jensen and Tristan Wirfs back come playoffs. No one's talking about that enough. Where That's another reason why I think this team could get really, really Brett. Oh, yeah, the Buccaneers, man. I was they fell off my my rankings as of late just because you know they they were the the loss of the Browns didn't help them but new week new life and they get the win in prime time in such a Brady fashion that yeah here we are talking about them going on a, a run and it's like for all the reasons that Thomas said, it's definitely possible. Um, I think the Patriots are not the Patriots, the Buccaneers, they have they're loaded at wide receiver. They have a very stout defense that is proven they can play. And they got Tom Brady and they got running backs, you know. So I think they'll be able to match well against just about any team they'd face. It's just about are they what what team is going to show up for the Buccaneers? You know, we've seen a lot of different teams, and uh, we say all these great things about them, but I think it's fair to say that they're also one of the most inconsistent teams in the NFL up to this point. 
Um, and they just so happen to be in the worst division, which is great for them because it gives them time to figure it out and not much heat as like a team like the Packers are feeling right now to where, you know, they're about as close as you can get to being done or to being out of the playoffs. But they, you know, they're, they're still fighting to be in it. So for, for them to not have that uh, competition in their division, it, it takes some pressure off of them and yeah, they're going to get a home playoff game. So I think it's definitely uh, realistic to view Tampa Bay as a threat. Yeah, this is my thing about them. I'm never, ever going to doubt the GOAT. That's just, you know, it's just something you don't do. You don't doubt Michael Jordan. You don't doubt Tom Brady. Hell, you don't doubt LeBron James. You don't doubt Aaron Rodgers, even though. You can doubt, you can doubt those guys. I mean, it's it's justifiable. They've they've had the games and they haven't showed up. But I'm going to show a little doubt here. I'm going to show a little doubt. How sustainable is this going to be? Their their style of play. They played a lot of tight ball games. Had to come back quite a few times this year in the last second and win it on the final drive. And it's working, you know. But how sustainable is this? You know, I look at football teams and how I think they're going to paint out in the postseason. Obviously, is based on how I think they do as an entire, you know, overall. Like how the, the Titans, they don't scare me come postseason time. They don't. I don't think that their fo- their style of football is sustainable. You know. I think that they'll lose a shootout all day, every day. I also think that come playoff time, how often, how how much, how can the Buccaneers keep this up? Can they? These tight ball games, you know, lack of offense against some of the premier offenses in the NFC when we haven't seen their offense really click at all this year. And, you know, another team that I look at like this is, you know, the Vikings, these close games. They're winning them. I'll give them that all day. I know. I know in one-score games. Exactly. And it's great. But when it comes to the playoffs and you're playing premier at the top of the top, can you keep those one-score victories up? You know, that's those are three teams that I look at as, like, how sustainable is the football? Vikings are a real threat, and I like the Vikings more than I like the Buccaneers this year. So I don't know. I don't – I just don't – I don't see it playing out for the Buccaneers. Um, but it's Tom Brady. So that's kind of my point here is I don't see that their style of football being sustainable come postseason time, but at the same time, it's Tom fucking Brady. So if it happens, I'm not going to be shocked in the slightest. That's just kind of my two cents on the Buccaneers. No rebuttals? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I feel like, you know, we're all kind of on the same path where it's Tom Brady. Like, how do you doubt him? You can't. He's the most winningest player in sports. You know, that's it's just it's all he does. And it doesn't matter. And he's won it with two different franchises, you know, two different coaches. And he's still playing at a high level. His I don't believe what everyone else has said that Brady's falling off. Like, I don't feel like we've even seen a decline in Brady's play. It's just the talent around him is not nearly as good as it's been in the past. And the offensive line is, you know, it's banged up. The Bucks are missing like three or four offensive linemen. You know, you have no Gronk anymore. You have a rookie fourth-round pick in Cade Otten. You have, obviously, Godwin, but Godwin's still coming back from that injury. He's still not 100%. Mike Evans, I think we're seeing a slow decline in him a little bit. I think we're starting to see it. 
it typically happens with those big body receivers as they get older. Fournette, you know, he's at that age where running backs start to fall off a little bit, where he's not, he can't take a full workload anymore. But he's still a good goal line back, and we've seen Rashad White play very. He's still a rookie though, but he's played very well in the past game. Where this isn't the best team Brady's had. This might be one of the worst probably he's had in a really long time. And Todd Bowles is not a very sustainable head coach that really will ignite a locker room in the deep playoff run. So like Brady's really going to have to do it on his own. Um, but it just, like I've been saying for months, guys, this NFC is so wide open right now. I would not be surprised if the Eagles went to the Super Bowl. I would not be surprised if the Cowboys went to the Super Bowl. I would not be surprised if the Vikings went to the Super Bowl. And I would not be surprised if the Bucks went to the Super Bowl. Once it comes playoff time, it's just going to come down to matchups. And I think the Bucks, if they get, like, their toughest test ultimately could probably come in that first round against the Cowboys if that's how the playoffs line up. So, you know, I feel like you just can't bet against Brady. Every time you do, you usually lose money. <laughs> I mean, that's very true. It's very true. Very true. All right, let's get into everyone's favorite part of the segment power rankings the juiciest of the juice we'll start with the AFC as we always do I don't believe even after this Sunday there's much change to the number one spot I still have the Kansas City Chiefs I have the Chiefs as uh, I mean I have the Chiefs as well um you know, have some confidence, Thomas. I don't know if I do because I, I really like the Bengals right now I'm really sold on Cincinnati but I mean, the Chiefs are still nine and three, so they do. The you know they're still atop of the AFC. I can't bet against them just yet. Be money. Chiefs at one. Um, I know the Bengals are three and zero in the last two years against the Chiefs, but I'm rolling with Pat Mahomes and Andy Reid, man. I I just think chances are if those teams match up again, I'm. I'm I'm going to roll with the Chiefs. It's not even the last three years, B-Money. It's literally this season. They played all three games against them this year. They're, they're, they played, what, week seven or week 16, which fell in January of this season of 2000. Oh, right, right. In the in the calendar year, yes, right. It's crazy. But, yeah, I'm, I'm still rolling with the Chiefs. For sure. All three of us got the Chiefs. All right, two, uh, I can tell you right now, I know who Thomas's two is. I'm going with the Bills. I'm also going with the Bills. What the fuck, Thomas? What the yeah, fuck? You were just They're... talking about how you were contemplating the fucking Bengals at two. Bengals aren't the division leader yet, so I can't really put them ahead of the Chiefs or Bills, who are both division leaders. I still think, you know, I think the Bills have a lot of question marks, but I still think they're still the best, te- the second best team, you know, based off their record and their division and just how everything's kind of going on right now. It's hard to put anyone ahead of the Bills as a number two team. Obviously, there's an argument for the Dolphins, but the Dolphins fell flat against the Niners when they actually played a good team. You know, the Dolphins have had a pretty easy schedule in a lot of their wins. Not a lot of big statement wins, so I got to go with the Bills. I think the Bills are finally trying to get a running game going with James Cook, and that's what they've been missing. So, yeah, I'm going with the Bills because I still feel like even losing Ron Miller, that defense is still pretty good. McDermott's still one of the top coaches in the league, you know, so I can't put the Bengals ahead of them yet. I'm rolling with the Bills at two as well. Um, it was real close for me. Wanted to put the Bengals uh, head here at two. 
you know, because they've been playing really good football and they just got one of their best players back in Jamar Chase. But they're going to have to sit here at three. They got a good schedule coming up and there's room for change. But this is where I got them right now. So we all have the Bengals at three? Yes. I have Holy shit. When was the last time we had an even top three? I can't tell you the last time. Yeah, I mean, Joey B. Now he's now 3-0 and against Patrick Mahomes. He owns them. He owns Mahomes. Uh, but no, I mean, I, I'm just, I'm so impressed with the Bengals right now because they've had dealt with a lot of injuries this season and they face a lot of adversity and they've still come out on top and just found a way. You know, they've missed Mixon the last two weeks. Samaji P. Ryan's taken over and honestly, he's looked better than Joe Mixon. As I didn't think I'd ever say that. But he looks just as good, if not better, than Joe Mixon right now with P. Ryan. And then you have Jamar Chase who missed more than a month and, you know, they played just as well. So, I mean, I just feel like the Bengals, there's an argument that, that they could be one of the most complete teams in the entire league right now. And I think they'll eventually win a division title this year. And I'm I'm pretty high on the Bengals. I think there's a chance Joey B leads them back all the way to the Super Bowl. Would not surprise me whatsoever. P. Ryan is cuff of the season, baby. He's saved my dynasty team. I dropped Joe Mixon went down for me. Still 9-3. Didn't lose a game with Joe Mixon out this year because P. Ryan's a dog. Cuff of the year. So good at Oklahoma too. I'm I'm happy to see him finally emerge as something late in his career because I thought for the longest time that dude was going to be a stud, and then once he kind of left Oklahoma, um, got to the NFL, he just he never really got a chance. Now we're seeing what he could be. All right, uh, my four is the Dolphins. I also have the Dolphins. Yes, sir. Jesus Christ, are we about to go five for five? Garrett, definitely not. Definitely not. Oh, you've got some wild card. <laughs> I always do. I've got yeah, the Baltimore Ravens at five. Yeah, no, they're not in my top five. I got the Tennessee Titans. Why? Sure. What? No. Titans. They're yes. dead. Nope, I don't care if John Robinson lost his job. You know, that game would have been a lot closer against Philly if Traylon Burks didn't get concussed on the first, on literally the, the touchdown he caught, which was his first catch of the game. He means so much to that offense. And, you know, they're a division leader right now. I know the Ravens are too, but I got to have Lamar Jackson's injury in play here where I think he'll feel like up to – like right now I think the Titans are a better team. I think they're going to eventually win 10, 11 games. And, you know, they could get to the second round of the playoffs. I trust them more come the playoffs than I do the Baltimore Ravens. They have the experience. Ravens usually drop the eight ball and choke. That's why Lamar doesn't have a contract extension yet. Because he chokes in the playoffs. It's just what he does. Why do um, they have an eight ball? <laughs> I don't know. But partying? Yeah, I mean Lamar, he, he could be partying, but he'll he he'll probably injure his knee a little more or he'll break a fingernail. Oh, um okay. I, I just I trust that Titans team more and I think and they're healthier than the Baltimore Ravens. And for all we know, Ravens could go own three the next three weeks, and boom, they're what eight, eight and seven. So, you know, I got to go Titans. I've seen more. They have, they've been to the AFC Championship game more in the recent years than the Baltimore Ravens have. So, I had to trust the Titans. You know, t- since Tannehill's been there, Derrick Henry. You know, Traylon Burks looks like a stud. You know, that defense is still pretty good. You know, where I just I have I have more questions for the Baltimore Ravens than I do the Tennessee Titans. Brett. J-E-T-S, J-E-T-S, J-E-T-S. He can't get over the Mike White fucking train, dude. I love Mike White, dude. He 
he gave them a real shot to beat the Vikings at the end. Then he threw a pick. Um, it was sickening to see Barrios just fumble the bag there right in his hands. Um, Mike White put the team in position to win. Then he threw a game uh, another straight week. What's that? Then he throw a game losing interception. I'm pretty sure that's what happened, right? To Cam Bynum. Uh, I mean, so he, he did lose them the game when he had another chance, right? It wasn't just on Braxton Berrios. He had another chance, but he choked. I mean, you could say if that's how you saw it. I mean, I watched well, the I mean, game. I saw him throw the ball into the end zone. Yeah, right with Cam Bynum's like hands, and they lost the game. And having to throw it, yeah, we're they're like it was on like what? Wasn't it fourth and ten? Like, if you're talking about taking a like a sack on first and ten, rather a sack on third and fifteen, like yeah, they're the same thing as on the stat sheet, but they're totally different. I mean, you're you can much rather take a sack on third and fifteen when it doesn't matter rather than first and ten. I mean, when you're throwing like one of the last plays of the game, I mean, you can't you can't have the same weight of that as there still was throwing time a left. It wasn't like there was drop. like it wasn't like there was like two seconds left in the game and it's like a hail mary. There like, was like, like there was a, like they could have ran an play. out route to the sideline. They could ran. They could have thrown a play over the middle for ten yards, spike it, get another chance. Like he just overshot it, and Cam Bynum I mean, was in the right place at the right time. And if Mike you're trying White to tell me that Mike White didn't give them a chance to win with 370 passing yards and receivers dropping touchdowns in the end zone, I don't know what to tell you. But yeah, I mean, Mike's defense is suspect. I've known that all year. But what one thing they have done consistently is make plays on defense to win games when it's needed. They did it against – Patrick Peterson did it against Buffalo. They did it against Mike White. They, Cam Dantzler did it against the Bears. Well, Mike well the defense shows up. The defense uh-huh. shows up when it matters – defense shows up and matter, when it matters most. You know, Mike White, you know, you can say what it is, but he threw a game-losing interception and he cost his team the game at the end. I mean, there were many things that can cost your team again when you look at it play-by-play. Braxton Berrios cost his team the game because if they catch that shit – Throws behind him. Mike White doesn't have to be in that situation. I mean, all right, you, all right, all right. I play bottom line. Yeah, is bottom line is yeah, is this who you are? You're always like a very straightforward guy. Where well, this is what it is. There's no if, ands, or buts. This is what it is, and what it is is Mike White threw a game losing interception, and they're what third in their own division, and you have them as a top five team in the AFC. Come on, now. they have the same record as who you have as number five, dude. I don't. Lions this are is the same team you were glorifying to go with a shittier quarterback. I don't know what they're the all deal shitty is. quarterbacks. None of them are the future at quarterback. Mike White has Jets are quarterback phenomenal football, dude. What are you watching? Mike White. People think Mike White is so great because Zach Wilson was so bad. Like you cannot win with Mike White going forward. Bro, they just it's a cute story. Very cute story. Great to see a fifth round pick finally get a chance. But come on, you really think Mike White's going to compete with Josh Allen, Tua, Mac Jones going forward? Come on, I've man. got him. Ra- no I've got him ranked at my as my fifth spot. Yeah, Jets I think have we could. I think we could. I think we could all agree there's a pretty heavy drop off after four. I mean, yeah, I, but I don't see an argument to be made to have. This is hilarious for you to over the Titans or anything. My my number five team in the AFC brought the number two team in the NFC to the wire, and they're not justified of that five ranking was sitting in seven and five. That that doesn't make sense to me. You have the Vikings as your number two? No, I'm saying Thomas probably does, if not one. 
Vikings? No, I, I have them at three. Okay, well, all right, no spoilers. I got the Eagles we'll at number one. I also have the Eagles as number one. Eagles at one, of course. After yeah. losing Jimmy G, I've got to put the Eagles at one. I got the Cowboys. No matter with or without Jimmy G, the Eagles are the clear cut number one. I mean, they haven't been five and zero over the last few weeks, but I I agree with evaluating where we are. Eagles are one. Cowboys are my two. Yeah, I'm going Cowboys. You know that defense is elite. You know, and there's a good chance you know the Eagles actually could fall because the Cowboys could probably win that division. They're only they're they're two games behind them, but there's still a chance that the Cowboys beat them when they play again, and then the Eagles drop another game to, like, the Giants, potentially. Um, Cowboys win that division. The Cowboys are a really good team. I think they're very well-balanced right now compared to everyone else in the NFC. I have the Cowboys at two as well. Um, they're very hot right now, uh, just putting up 50 burgers on, you know, not not uh, one of the top teams in the league, but still an NFL team on a primetime uh, level. And – yeah, they've they um, got one of the toughest defenses in the league, and their run game is really clicking. And they might bring in another weapon like OBJ. So I've got the Cowboys at two, and I can also oh. see them being able to pass the Eagles in the next coming weeks here with a matchup against them and a spot to get the one seed still in play. Hey, update guys, uh, Kyle Shanahan j- just was a little more expressive about Jimmy G. He basically said Jimmy G's not coming back this year. Oh, really? Yeah, like not at all. He said, and I quote Shanahan on Garoppolo, it's no ligament damage in his foot. There's still a big recovery. There's a way outside chance of a return deep really late in the playoffs. But he said they're not really optimistic about it, but never say never. So he's pretty much out for the entire year, and it's Brock Purdy the rest of the way, according to Rappaport. And I mean, I feel like if – Going back to that just real quick before we get back to the power rankings. And I feel like if it's at the point where Purdy wins a playoff game and he's like, you know, let's say he's, you know, actually heating up these last few weeks and wins a lot of ball games for the 49ers, are you going to bench him? No. Let's say it's like Jimmy G's 50-50 and Purdy's on a roll. Yeah, no, that, definitely not. Especially if they especially if they win a division title. Like if they're a wild card team, maybe, but like, no. I mean, from sounds like Jimmy G's got a very long recovery ahead. And, you know, odds are that's the last we've seen of him in a Niners jersey. All right. We all got the Cowboys at two. I got the Vikings at three. Yeah, the Vikings at three. I know they're they're very disrespected still around the league. But, you know, you're still 10-2 and two for a reason. You're 9-0 and 0 in one-score games. You know, good teams win close games. This offense could go toe-to-toe with anyone. So, and when it comes to the playoffs, you know, who knows? They might not even need to play at Dallas. You know, they might have a different path. You know, say the Cowboys lose first round. That opens up a path then to making it to the NFC Championship game. Um, so, yeah, you know, I think the Vikings in that offense, that defense is still – I'll be honest, that defense is horrible. That defense is like tier three level. But in points per game allowed, they're still pretty low because their defense steps up when it's needed most. They're a bend but don't break defense. And sometimes – if you have a top five offense, Ben, but Ben, but don't break defenses do work. So we'll see what happens. But it's up to this point, I mean, you're ten and two. I can't see much of a drop off outside the top three when you're ten and two. So Chiefs, have, Chiefs have always been a Ben, but don't break defense yeah. their entire time with 
Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. They've never been, you know, a top defense in the league, but they've always stepped up and made plays when they've needed to. Yeah. Brett, who's your three? This is where it gets interesting for me. <laughs> um, I think there's a fall off after two. As of late, um, you know, the Vikings do have that record, but I just don't think that um, they are the same team that had gotten them to this 10-2, and two, whether that's, um, you know, people picking up on some offensive tendencies or the defense getting figured out. Um, but I, I do, too, have Minnesota at three. I think I have my three, four, and five. I think they're all – a little bit more in the same tier, but I'm comfortable with putting Minnesota at that spot for now. Yeah, I mean, I think anytime I think anytime you put up 27 points against arguably the league's best defense, Jets so the league's best defense, defense with a quarterback, we yeah. can we can get back to that. Five even more, it makes no <laughs> sense. Here. That Jets defense is nasty, man. It's so good. <laughs> it is. I don't understand this. What don't you understand, Brett? Because you have a quarterback that's playing tremendous football. I mean, okay. by any standards, let he alone – He lit up the Bears. Relax. They, 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 they got a bunch of guys Viking? 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 You, you the Vikings the same game? It's the, uh, the Vikings even Jones look like Tom Brady against us. 500 yards of total offense. Yeah, the oh, Vikings no. defense is bad, dude. Like, I don't know what else to say. It's All horrible. Right, but, I mean, Mac, where Mac are you going to give Mike White some Mac, credit? Mac Jones put up 387 yards, three touchdowns, and you didn't think Mike White was going to Yeah, but, dude, that's a totally different game plan. They attacked, they attacked the Patriots by loading the box. They literally were forcing Mac Jones to throw it all the time. And that's, that's not how Brett, the Minnesota You can go out there and throw for 200 yards against the Vikings. It's not good. It's pretty easy when you go cover zero and man up the whole time if you can actually throw yeah, a pass. The Vikings, what they trust me, dude, Jones I've got issues with the Vikings defense. Ed Donatello is horrible. He's horrible, man. He plays prevent, I swear, for like half the game. He just – they never play man-to-man ever. That's why Garrett Wilson had such a big game. I mean, it's just the defense ain't great. I don't know what to say. I mean, I'm not surprised Mike White threw for 387 yards. And what did he throw? Two picks, right? I believe he had two interceptions. Not great. Yeah, but one wasn't on him. That was bad. I know. And even the second one threw it with 20 seconds left. Like, yeah, you take you look at when Rodgers has thrown his picks. Like, yeah, halftime. Not many. Halftime with not a lot of time left, you take some more risks. End of the game. 20 seconds when you need a big play, you take some more risks. So when I see that interception, I don't look at it like like yeah, you're looking at it. All right, all right, all right. Number four, I got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I have the Seattle Seahawks. I think they're going to – I think only because of the injury news. That's uh with the whole Jimmy G stuff. I think the Seahawks are eventually going to win a division. I think they're going to win the division. Now, I just feel, I'm really sold on Geno Smith, man. The guy's one comeback. He's going to win comeback player of the year. He's like minus 900 right now in Vegas. And I just feel like there's a clear path to the Seahawks winning this division now because I think the Niners are going to lose to the Bucs this upcoming weekend. And I think the Niners are just they're, – they're not going to have enough offensively over these next few weeks where I think they're eventually going to fall to being a wild card team. 
And when it comes to these top five, you know, to me, being the potential division winner uh, comes into play when I'm coming up with these rankings. So I and I'm just I'm so I'm really impressed with the Seahawks this season. I don't think I've been more impressed with a squad than I have the Seattle Seahawks. So you yes. think the Seahawks are better than the Buccaneers? No, yeah, because I got a lot of questions about the Bucks. They're six and six. They easily could have lost. <laughs> like, so or no, they're six and five. Six and five, right? No, the Bucks are six and six. Six and you six. Don't think so, that they're if lost, so if they lost, so if they lost. I mean, that's that's a five and seven Bucks team. Where you know it's just I have too many question marks with the Bucks, like just up to this point because that's that's how I evaluate them up to this point. Um, I have less questions about the Seahawks than I do about the Bucks, and I trust Pete Carroll much more than I trust Todd Bowles. Okay, Brett, who's your four? I've got the Bucks have four. Um, like I said, I think these three teams are a little bit. Uh, behind the one and two, but I've got them at four for all the reasons we talked about earlier. Um, yeah, they seem a little inconsistent, but they have the talent there to match up against everybody if the team plays well. And um, I think that they could be a team in the mix down the line. So I think that's all of that leaves them to be justified at the four spot. Did everyone, uh, Everyone get rid of the 49ers out of their top five? No, I got no. Niners at five. So I've I'm got the Niners at five as well. So I'm yeah, the one who did. Yeah. I mean, I, I only have them there, you know, that defense. And I feel like with what they've already put up to this point, you know, they're still a playoff team. And they're going to get in. They're either a division <laughs> or they'll be like the five seed. Like, there's there'll be some games that they could still win. So – I can't still – they still got Christian McCaffrey. You still got a top two, top three defense in football. Uh, Kyle Shanahan, I still trust more than many. Truthfully, is the only reason I don't have the Bucks in here is because I don't trust that defense. I think it's very suspect right now for the Bucks, And I just – I don't trust Todd Bowles. Like, he's never been anything as a coach. Like, all this success the Bucks are having is because of Tom Brady. You take Tom Brady off that team – and they're a bottom five team in the league. I, I just that's just my belief of what they are. And again, I just have less questions for these top five teams than I do for a Tampa Bay team right now. Like again, could Bucks get hot in the playoffs? Absolutely. Well, that's a big what if. Um, so I can't evaluate what's gonna happen in the playoffs because I don't know. I don't know what matchups are, but I can evaluate what these teams have done up to this point. And the Bucks just too many question marks. I do not trust Todd Bowles. So you guys both got the Niners at five? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you think about it, I I do still think that they'll beat the Seahawks and, and win the division. But with the situation they're in, if you're starting a quarterback that doesn't have much experience and you want to hope for him to um, do well enough, you know, to win football games, the Niners are the perfect team for that situation. You got great solid coaching staff. You've got probably one of the best running backs in the game, obviously. They're um losing Elijah Mitchell. I don't think it's fair to say they have one of the best backfields. Um, but Mason has stepped up and averaged well over five yards of carry for them in that relief. Boy's a tank. That boy's oh, a tank. Oh, he is. He is. He's a monster. It's if you look back on the his history. He really kind of flew under the radar 
from being behind a guy like Jameer Gibbs, who's going to be a great prospect in this next year's draft. So I do expect Mason to <laughs> more more work and maybe keep what he's doing there up. But like they've got a great running, great running game, a great defense, great coaching, and great weapons at receiver with Ayuk who can stretch the field, uh, Swiss Army Knife and Debo Samuel, uh, big freaking red zone threat in Jennings, you know, especially if he's drawn some single coverage, which is very likely with all the weapons they have around. And then a guy like Kittle, who's very reliable, who you can do what they did, you know, in, in one of the big plays of the game where they put a seven or eight man front in the line in front of Purdy and kind of just having to guess which ones are coming at him. And he just gets rid of it real quick to Kittle, like having a big guy you can trust to get rid of the ball to like that is going to be huge for the success of Purdy. And I think when you look at all those factors and how good the rest of the team has been and what they're going to need him to do to be in that second tier of teams, that's, that's a respectable spot for them at five. Yeah. Who y'all think I got at five? Probably the commanders. Goddamn right. They're the, they're one of the hottest teams in football. Six one and one in their last eight. Yeah. Taylor Heineke's the truth. I mean, the minute they made that deal, I said Carson Wentz isn't getting his spot back. That dude has for two years now, you know, been the heart of that team, been the leader of that team. Uh, and ever since he's taken over, six one and one. He's the. I mean, I'm not saying he's the truth. I don't think he's you know a premier NFL quarterback. But there's just something about him when he's on the field that really sparks this team. They're going to get Chase Young back. They're only going to be better. And they're sitting in a wild card spot right now. Um, do I think that they're better than the Seahawks? Maybe. Do I think that they're better than the 49ers? I don't know. I The only reason I have them ahead of the 49ers now is just because of the Brock Purdy questions. I think all of the reasons that Brett listed off is very well why the 49ers could be right back at this Number five spot, even higher if Purdy plays better. But uh, just one game, I can't really, you know, grant him a big spot in the top five of the NFC uh, just based off of one game, even though he did play, uh, you know, very solid against the Miami Dolphins. But I got the commanders. I really like what they're doing there. Um, they don't have the, the, the weapons that all these other teams do, and they're sitting with a good record. You know, Terry McLaurin's nice. Jahan Dotson's solid. I guess you could say, you know, B. Rob Gibson. Curtis Samuel's pretty good, too. Who? Curtis Samuel's pretty good. I mean, they're decent. You know, I wouldn't I wouldn't sit there and look at their roster and say, wow. I mean, they they're got all tier two guys. But... Yeah, I wouldn't say, I mean, I wouldn't say that they got premier guys. But they're getting the job done. And, you know, they were in New York this last Sunday, and they tied against a division rival. You know, when it comes to division rivals, I always say throw it out the window. Uh because I really don't think it, it means much if you lose to a division rival, unless it's like, you know, extremely horrendously bad. Like you are by far the best team in the NFL and you lose to like the Texans. The yeah. Eight times in a row. Huh? If you just lose to the same team eight times in a row. Oh boy. Um, but yeah, I really like the Commanders. I think they're my five team. I like them better than the Giants. I think if that game was played in Washington, the Commanders would have won. 
Uh, and, you know, very well, this could be switched up next week. The Seahawks could be here. The 49ers could be here. But for right now, one of the hottest teams in football, I got the Commanders. And I think this is the first time they've made anyone's list all year. And I was like, all right, I'm going to do it. I'm going to be the first one to do it. But let's get into week 14. Three minutes on the stopwatch. Give me one second to pull it up. And we're going to see if we can beat this. Ready, set, go. Raiders, Rams. Going Raiders, Rams, just so many injuries. Um, Give me the Raiders here. I do like Raider or Rams plus the points, though. Okay, love to hear it. Uh, Give me the Vikings over the Lions. Yeah, I'm going Vikings over Lions. This game will be closer than people think, but Lions, Vikings, they always play tough. So, but I'm going Vikes. As soon as I saw the line, I threw a little 20-piece on the Vikes. I'm going Vikings. Ravens-Steelers, give me the Steelers. Who's home? Steelers. Yeah, I'll go Steelers. Tyler Huntley, TJ Watt, Minka Fitzpatrick equals Steelers win. Uh, Browns-Bengals. Bengals, one of the hottest teams in football. They're clicking right now. Give me the Bengals. Are Bengals home? Yes. Yeah, I'm going Bengals then. If this is vice versa, I might go Browns. But, yeah, I think Bengals are really hot right now, and Mixon will probably be back. This is uh, this is an interesting matchup. Might be game of the week. Um, I'm really excited to watch this one with how good the special teams and defense of the Browns looked last week. I know they are playing a really terrible team in the Texans. But give some time for Watson to get things together. I'm going to say the Browns are going to upset the Bengals on this one. All right. Give me the uh, Bills over the Jets in Buffalo. Yeah, I'm going Bills. Mike White's – he's not going to outdo Josh Allen. He's Mike White. Come on now. <laughs> I mean, I don't think it's fair to put that um, judgment that he needs that to beat the Bills. Josh Allen. But I'm going to go with the Bills on this one. I'm going to take the Jets not plus nine and a half. But um, I do have a question for you, Thomas. What what will Mike White have to do to for him to for you to say like, okay, he played a good game? Fucking okay, the goddamn timer, Brett. <laughs> he fucking timer. Hey, he played well against the Bears, but I mean, don't most people play good against that defense? I mean, Mike White. He's it's a cute story, but you're a fifth. Answer round the pick. question, man. You're a fifth round pick for a reason. You're not. You're never gonna be anything special. More than likely. Well, what about Brady? Brady is a once in a lifetime. All right. Well, you're not answering my question. Let's skip on. I I just want to know how good would Mike White have to do to give you props? And I guess there's just um, not. Don't a throw. Pick. Maybe don't throw a game losing interception. Don't throw a game where you have two picks. I mean, maybe have a turnover free game would be nice. All right. I like this. That's what I want to hear. Throw two touchdowns, right. zero picks, complete turnover free passes. game. I mean, play. You know who's going to have a turnover well. free game? Zach Wilson's going to have a turnover free game. You're right, and he'll. You're not wrong. He's he's also not going to throw an incomplete pass either. Well, that'll be great on your standards, huh? Yeah, he's, he won't throw an incomplete pass. So all right, timer's up, boy. <laughs> we were looking real good there for a while. We really hey, had. Hey, Thomas could have just answered it quick and said <laughs> 250 yards, two touchdowns, but he. Come he, on, I know better than Mike, Mike, I, never I know better than Mike White to throw for 250 yards and two touchdowns. Are we all right. the Bills? What? Can we all take the Bills? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Cowboys over Texans. Cowboys. 
Ceiling Thomas. Ceiling Thomas. Uh, give me the Eagles over the Giants. Eagles are home? No, away. Oh, this could be an upset. This could be an upset. Uh, I'm going Giants. I think Giants are going to upset them. Thomas is letting his hopes and dreams get in the way of this one. Doesn't matter. Vikings are not catching the Eagles. They're they're two behind them. It's not going to matter. I got the Eagles. Give me the. Ooh. Is Trevor Lawrence playing? It's up in the air. Give me the Titans then over the Jaguars. Either way, I'm going Titans because Burks will be back. Titans. Give me the Chiefs over the Broncos. Oh yeah, big time. You know what? I'm I'm smelling trap game here. Cortland like, Sutton's not even playing. It it makes no sense, but I I do always remember that I feel like the Broncos always play the Chiefs good here, but I'm I'm going with the Chiefs. I mean, I feel like you're crazy if you pick the Broncos here, but uh, you are you you should be drug tested if you pick the Broncos. But what if, dude? I'm just saying. Remember this count. Remember this. <laughs> you have no Javante Williams. You have Nathaniel Hackett calling plays. You have no Cortland Sutton. Jerry Judy's still not 100%. You're t- Kyle Hinton's the number two option, and he was a quarterback a year ago. Come yep. on. Going in the Kansas City and beating Patrick Mahomes? No, they're in, they're in, uh, they're in Denver. But... I don't even care. Patrick Mahomes owns Denver, too. <laughs> yeah, hey, that's his place. Yeah, he, he owns Denver anyway. I mean, fucking Wilson definitely does. Give me the Seahawks over the Panthers. This is tough because Kenneth Walker's not playing, but uh, yeah, I trust Geno much more than I trust uh, good old Sammy Darnold. Give me the Hawks. Go Hawks. Uh, give me the Bucks over the Niners. This is tough because I don't know if the Bucks are even going to score against that defense. Um, Bucks are home, right? No, they're in San Francisco. I'm going San Francisco. I think the San Francisco is going to win. Brady's coming back home. You know, I was just listening, just uh, cracked open the TB12 method book the other day, and Brady's talking about how he used to have season tickets to Candlestick. So, you know, in honor of Brady coming home, I mean, they're not at Candlestick, obviously, but uh, I got the Bucks. Yeah. Tom's getting an early look at his future home next year. Possibly. Dolphins, Chargers. This is a battle of pick five and pick six. Uh, Sunday night football. Give me the uh, – give me the Dolphins. This is really tough, but I'm going to go Chargers. I think this is the game the Chargers finally figured out on offense. I don't know if Mike Williams will be back, but I think Keenan Allen's getting healthier. Eckler's due for a big game. He, he's been quiet these last few weeks. He has. I'm going with the Dolphins. Patriots, Cardinals. I kind of want to go with the upset here in Arizona, but uh, with Cliff Kingsbury paying for his job and all, but I think that's a done deal. Give me the Pats. Give me Arizona. They Are, are they actually underdogs in this game? I mean, they're four and eight. I would assume so. Uh, nah, dude. I'm I'm going Cardinals at home. They're finally, you know, we're seeing what this team could be when they're healthy. 
with Brown out there, Hopkins, Trey McBride, and James Conner. You know, Cardinals are home too. Like Patriots offense is pretty non-existent. It's just pretty mediocre, maybe below that. So I don't think I don't think they could outscore Arizona. <laughs> this is a tough one. Um, I love this game being on Monday night, right? Monday night. Monday night. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna go with the Cardinals on this one as well. Um, I won't be surprised either way, but I think they had a heart wrenching loss last week against the Chargers. Um, they finally got Hollywood and Hopkins going, and I expect them to bounce back and get the W this week. Sounds good, boys. Uh, that's going to wrap up. I mean, that fucking took like seven minutes. You fucking Mike White fucks. I, I could care less about Mike White. Brett White loves Mike White. But let me tell you, though, can we can we at least talk about this, though? Like, what more have you wanted him to do in these last two games? Please tell me. Because you can sit here and say how bad your Vikings is, how bad the Bears, Bears defense is. But listen, dude, the reality is it, the reality of it is, is he's thrown 684 yards and three touchdowns, four total touchdowns compared to two turnovers, both one, which wasn't his fault and another, which was late in the game where it's a, it's, it's willing to take risks. I mean, it's, it's fair. What more could you ask for him to play better? How much better? You want fucking like 800 actually yards? play well. Like put, put yourself. In he's position playing amazing, he dude. He you only think he's playing amazing because Zach Wilson was just so bad. No, the, the I'm saying he's so playing low. amazing because he's throwing 300 yards. The yards don't matter. They what don't. Does then? The touchdowns, the interceptions. All right, so win. he hasn't been. He hasn't scored four touchdowns in two weeks and set his team up in How great situations. Two. Two. That's just okay. What's that? A one that what's that? A two to one ratio? Dude, you're going off stats. I'm going off. I saw my white man. He was just okay. It's not like he made a lot of tough throws. Most of it was Garrett Wilson run after the catch. <laughs> dude, I don't know what you're talking about, dude. And tough throws. What I did see with my eyes though. What I did see with my eyes though was two interceptions, and one was a game losing interception that lost his team the game. Bro, That's you did not even see those. You did not I even did. see those. I watched the game. You're he over here talking right about tough throws when this dude right threw right tough, throw after tough throw. I mean, That's he threw crazy. right to Cam Bynum's hands. It was beautiful. I mean, Mike White, thank you so much. I mean, you threw it right in the Cam Bynum's hands to lose the game. You know what? I will give him credit for that. That was and, such yeah, a great throw. It happened. Justin Fields did it last week, too. Right in the numbers. It was right. Yeah, so Justin good. Fields did it, too. Well, it he happened. did that a lot to his defense. He what? The field does make bad plays, plays, bro. Yeah, you can't expect perfection. I mean, yeah, you're you're over here knocking Mike White because he's throwing 300 yards, and he's like, it makes no sense to me. I just don't, I just don't understand what your expectations are. Are you putting this guy at Josh play? Allen, or are you putting him at? Oh, I mean, play well and lead your team to victory. Not, you don't get praise. Bro, he's if played. You've seen the victory. You don't get praise. You lost. End of the day, you lost, and you're the guy that threw the game losing interception. So no, I'm not going to praise you. Kirk Cousins did the you're, exact same thing, and I'm not going to praise you. That's all you have to say. You you're you're totally forgetting about plays that he made that other people messed up that 
put them in a situation for him. Excuse. Even I, I believe that first interception he threw was on his fault. I think that was his fault. He threw Where, the ball too low. It bounced up in the air, right in the hairs of Smith's hands. Bang. Make a better throw. You threw a but game. But that's what I'm saying. Situations. I mean, have every single situation. quarterback threat, you could look at a game like, wow, that was a really good throw back in the first quarter at the 10-minute mark. But ultimately, I'm going to evaluate you off the biggest moments. And he choked, unfortunately. Okay, so give I'm me, not going to go out of my way and okay. praise a fifth-round pick. I'm just that's not. That's fair. Give me an overall grade on Mike White's first two games. Uh, give me a grade on the Bears and a grade on the Vikings. I would say B-. minus. B- minus for each game? Combined for what he's done up to this point. For what he's done up to this point. He didn't get an A against the Bears. He was an A. That dude was phenomenal. But again, it's the Bears defense. Okay, and then he played a B against he played a B against the Vikings? He probably played about a C. He was just that's freaking wild to me. He was average. You can give a C rating for that. That's that's wild. What do you have? One touchdown? One pass touchdown, two picks. What was Kirk Cousins rating last week? Honestly, probably a C plus. He was horrible against that defense. So he played better than Mike White. That's hilarious. Yeah, he no, won. No, he did not. You were touched on the JJ. He's got Justin Jefferson moment. and Hawkinson, and I seen. I was watching the game, dude. I don't know what you're watching. I watched the game. I saw the Vikings pick out a win, pick off Mike White to seal the win. Actually, hold on. I'm gonna just get my two cents in here. Anybody gonna talk about how fucking Kirk Cousins only had 170 passing yards on 35 attempts? Yeah. Oh, that's good. what I'm saying. This man just that's here said I that said Mike White got outplayed by Kirk Cousins. It's laughable. It makes no sense. Did Kirk throw any picks? I don't Bro, think so. that's that's you're missing the point, dude. If you think interceptions know, define a quarterback, you need to look who has the most interceptions in NFL history. Dude, dude. if I, I don't care about yards, man. Yards don't mean shit. Especially when you're trailing. Let's not forget Mike White also was trailing. And he brought that, by what two or three won. touchdowns? What did he lead them back into it, or did the Vikings just play prevent the second half? Dude, you're you're I can't I mean look. I would give you the time of the day to try to listen, but you just told me that Kirk Cousins outplayed Mike White in that game, and I he picked up a win. He had less turnovers. You're putting, you're grading Mike White on a irid, a crazy scale, and it's and I, you only I, like I him because it's a cute story, not a what it actually story. Is. No, because he is literally playing amazing quarterback for the Jets. Amazing, they, I, I amazing. Yeah. He's playing yeah. mediocre. He's not playing amazing. Bro, he's playing. he's playing amazing because Zach Wilson was so bad, maybe. But like, come on, how bar, how low is this bar got to go, man? This Bro, he's was insanely low. What do you want? That's what I'm saying. You're telling me that averaging 340 yards and two starts and four touchdowns. I will say this: you can say he's playing amazing? solid football, average football, amazing. Come on, man, he's not playing amazing football. He's just playing standards, okay. He's yes. playing good standards, enough. Standards, yes. I mean, we're not talking about a guy that has years of experience. We're talking about him coming elevated from the practice squad weeks ago. Again, you're basically because it's such a good story. It's such a good feel-good story. But in reality, if he was just – If he was a a first-round pick and this is a guy, like, you would just say his numbers are okay. Like, if Zach Wilson was putting up these exact numbers, people would hate on him just say, eh, he's just playing okay. No, I disagree. just because the Mike White story is such a good feel-good story. No, if if Zach Wilson was doing this, I'd be like, oh if my Aaron God, Rodgers was putting Zach up Wilson these numbers, would you say he's taking a decline? If Aaron Rodgers was playing as good as Mike White right now, you would not be happy. 
you would not be happy. Rodgers haven't even thrown for 300 yards once this season. Mike White done it back-to-back game. And I'll I think still take Rodgers 10 times out of 10 for Mike White. But I think, I think Rodgers would obviously succeed a lot better in that system. But like I just because said, Rodgers hasn't thrown for 300 White. yards all season. He hasn't thrown for 300 yards all season. It doesn't matter because the yards don't matter. Dude, I thought we were just agreeing that yards is one of the most transitionable statistics you can see to quarterback longevity. Yeah, wait, what? Hold on, Thomas. Yards do matter because you can't I shit. Don't care. You, you do shit on Justin Fields for his lack yeah. of yards, but then you can't yeah, go say yards don't matter. You can't no, say yards don't matter. No, they, yards me. tied to quarterback. I don't. Cousin has thrown for three. How many three yard games over the last few years? If you throw over two fifty ish weekly, that's fine. But like, I'm not gonna praise the guy strictly off one game because he threw for three hundred yards, but he had two interceptions, one touchdown. He did it back to back weeks, dude. It's not one game. Dude, everyone throws for three hundred yards against the Bears. It's the Bears defense. I'm sorry, but I'm not praising Mike White for mediocre play. That's hilarious. Just a cute story that people are falling in love with. That's just the reality of it. He I throws, don't he throws 300 touchdowns against the Bears, and he throws, say, one or two touchdowns against the Vikings and only one pick during that time. Yeah, he's playing pretty good football. But he's thrown three touchdowns against the worst defense in the league. And then the next week against the Vikings, you throw two interceptions when you're not playing. I mean, I, I honestly am shocked he didn't throw for three touchdowns, four touchdowns against that defense. But he didn't. I mean, he's just playing okay. He, again, it's a feel-good story. I, I I just wanted to. So so what's so what do we think about this Buffalo game? He's probably gonna have another rough week, and then we're and then there's another rough week, bro. He hasn't had a rough week. He threw two interceptions. That's a rough bro, week. That's not a rough week, bro. That's not a great week. From if you watch the game, you know that I wasn't watched a the week. entire game, dude. He oh, was just. He wasn't great. Like, so what is – if he's had a rough week, bro, what is he going to have to do to have a good week? Well, first off, let's start off with a turnover-free week. Last time I checked, turnovers are not good. Yeah, but they have – Turnovers are not the sole reason they lost the game, but he sure as hell didn't help. Okay, so turnovers. All right, turnovers are the most – Limit the turnovers. So so turnovers are the most, most important factor for a quarterback, you're telling me. I would say when one of them results in you losing the game because of your interception, yes, you threw. Well, dude, you can you can go and pick point that all you want. That's like why that's can't you? That's the reality in it. There's no there's a butt spread. That's the reality of it. That's why can't you did. say that about Barrios then? Because that throw was not great. It didn't hit him in the numbers. It was a difficult throw. All right, dude. Difficult this is play. where we're just gonna have to agree to disagree because. I'm talking about a catchable ball that a guy's getting blasted all over NFL Network for for not catching, and you're not looking at the situations the same. You're not. You're saying Mike White blew the game like the Jets didn't he had have another opportunity, opportunity though. That's the, the thing. game or that he, he didn't had even, another opportunity. Wasn't even the one that put him in the situation to win do, that though? game. Tell me what he did though with that second opportunity because he got another chance. He was back in the red zone right after that. Vikings, even though Barrios dropped that ball. They called three timeouts after Vikings punted, and they had another chance to win the game. And what did he do? I can tell you what he did, bro. He freaking threw for 370 yards. Not on that drive. No, I'm saying what did he do on that last drive? So now you're talking – now you're getting specifics on drives. Like, oh, on one drive of the game. Yeah, maybe he had a bad drive and a bad time. Look. Chance to win the game. What did he do? 
he threw an interception and he lost his team the game. So, I, like I just said, you're not answering my question. You're so Mike White's just if he just automatically doesn't turn the ball over, then he plays great. Is that what he got to do? I think you're way pushing the word great, way out of context. I'm sorry, great is Patrick Mahomes. Great no, is Joe Burrow. It is yeah, no, it's all about it's all about how you're it's all about your perception of how he's doing. Like I'm talking, he's playing great for a backup guy coming in in his first. You're going back to a very cute story. That's what you're getting back to. You love it because of the story. Okay, so what would what what can Brock Purdy blinders off? Take the blinders off. Blinders, dude. I'm talking about great for his situation. I'm not talking about great again because the bar is so low. That's and he's throwing 300 yards in touchdowns. You're I don't I don't see what you're like. You're not making sense, dude. You're not no, making you're sense. not making sense because you're like, oh my god, this guy is playing so much better than Zach Wilson right now in this situation. I mean, he's a fifth round pick. He's okay, doing, well, let me tell you this. Forget that. I'm saying oh great. My god. Forget I'm saying great. I'm t- let me say this. He's playing B plus football. He's playing B football. And you don't agree with that. You he's said he's playing, playing worse than Kirk Cousins, who almost enough. blew the game for his team. That's I can't agree with you there. Mike White's just playing average football at best. It's just you're, the ball oh, is so low. Exactly. You're telling me he's playing he's playing average football when he's has more average passing yards per game than just about every single quarterback in the NFL, including the greats. That's why I can't agree with you, dude. There's it's a small sample size though as well. Exactly. Games, but that's all we got to work with. That's all we got to work with. Against the Bears. Put them against the Niners defense last week. What happens? Did those yards come all, all I'm saying down. is you're saying it's a small sample size. I got a sample size of good work, and you have a sample size of not good work. You just have a small sample size. It's because I can only judge of what I've seen up to this point. And exactly. What and the fact that you up, look at that and say average yeah. blows my mind. Because can he improve from this point on? Absolutely. But what I've yeah. seen, no. He lost his team the game, and he lit up a garbage team in Chicago. That's it. I so lost I'm not going to say he's game. great. He's playing just okay. You're you saying that he single handedly lost his team the game is? I didn't like, say. I never said nice, he single handedly so lost his so team the game. I'm not Mike saying White that Jeff lost his, his team game. the game, and I'm Mike not White saying not Mike White team. did not single. He is not the sole reason that he lost his team the game. What I'm saying is. On the last play of the game that mattered most, he threw the pick and under. No, it did not matter. He lost. Did not matter most. It's recency bias. The last plays of the game are recency bias. They don't matter the most because he had an average game. He played a very very solid game, but he still lost his team the game on that final drive because he he had a final bad play. Yeah, I mean, if you're gonna look here, but that's what you're not getting from my point though. Is you you think I'm saying Mike White was the sole reason they lost to the Vikings? No, you were that's saying not that. it at all. No, I'm saying he lost his team the game on that play because that play decided the game. That's and what so did the Braxton Berrios prop. But he got another chance. That's what that's what you're not getting. Yeah. Is he had another chance though, where that play doesn't matter anymore because and, he and the fact that you you done. see that chance and think, wow, what a fucking bum. It I never blows called my him mind. a bum. I just won't call him great. He's just. I'm, I'm not calling. Football. Yeah, I'm like I you said. said you're he was great. You're thinking me out of context. You I said he's playing great. great, and you're talking about comparing him to Patrick Mahomes and stuff. So because I said, those are what great. you call great. Forget about great. Forget about it. You keep pulling that back. 
B football. That's what I'm talking about. B, B plus football. Stop using that great to tie to your narrative. I'm no, not comparing that's him to That's exactly what came out of your mouth. I'm Mike not comparing White him to Mahomes. great football. But, I mean, what? Okay, fine. Then what is Mahomes in then? Exceptional then? If you're not going to use them in the great category? They're on different you're timelines. The said great. They're on different timelines. You're the one who called them great, though. That's been my thing. You yeah, he's playing great, great for a guy who has two stars. Again, you're going back to the situation of how cute bro. of a story it is. All right, bro. You're not being objective how'd, enough. How'd you, how'd you want Patrick Mahomes to play in his first two starts? Do you want him to play how he's playing yeah, now? Or did well, he have to work honestly, up to that? I'm not gonna compare those because one, he's you're a not making sense, player. bro. You're you're not making sense. You're I can't say a player plays great for their first two starts without saying that's Patrick. If they play oh, great, you can. That's not great, bro. That's Patrick Mahomes, who's played in the league and has won MVPs. Like that's that's great, bro. Like he, you can't you can't say a player has played great for the, their first two starts, bro, because they're not throwing well, four hundred yards and four touchdowns. I I'm sorry, like, Mike White. I don't see how a guy who has Three touchdowns and two interceptions in two games classifies as great. You could say it's solid for the situation he's in. Like, yeah, sure, sure, it's solid. It's great for his situation. Whatever, you cannot call him great because his his numbers, the way he's played, has not been great. It's just been, you know, it's it's been pretty. Dude, it's you're all you're 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 just running around with the opinion of this word here. You're you're who cares? Great, great, like I'm telling. I care because you cannot call him great. That's what you think. You can't call bottom him. Bottom line is, you're undervaluing good quarterback play. And you're and overvaluing it makes no him. Sense. And you're overvaluing him because of his situation. You're like, oh my God, this is he's playing so great for all the things he's had to go through. You know, he started was on the practice squad. What the hell does him being on the practice squad have to do with how I'm evaluating his performance against the Vikings? Nothing. Oh, all right, Nothing. all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Listen up. Blows my mind. You guys can keep this conversation going. That wraps things up for this week's <laughs> episode of the Pinewood Perspective. Thank you so much for tuning in. T. Gorski, B. Money. Appreciate you guys. We'll catch you back here next week. Peace. Peace.